speaker, I'd like to kick off our first Wednesday special order hour of the year by extending my congratulations and warm wishes to all of our colleagues, all the new members, all the members who are returning here. We have very, very important work to do in the 118th Congress. And I want to thank our House Democrat counterparts as well for, for working with us to ensure a smooth transition from the minority to the majority. It's an important part of our institution, and uh, we're grateful for how this has gone so far. We should all be rooting for the success of this Congress, obviously, because when Congress succeeds, everyone in our country benefits. And so we have an important responsibility before us. We are under no illusion that the governing uh, in such a closely divided body over these divided times is going to be any easy task. We know that. We know what the challenges are. But we are also under no illusion that Congress has been operating as it should be. We think this can be done better. And our endeavor here is to show everyone how. You know, th this problem that we faced here has been around for a long time. You'd look at just what happened in, in the last Congress. We had trillions upon trillions of dollars in government spending which sent inflation soaring. We had votes on immensely consequential, complex, 1,000-plus page bills sent to us just hours before we were called to vote upon them. We had Congress steadily outsourcing its authority over to unelected bureaucrats and the executive agencies. We had members dial into congressional hearings literally from their bedrooms and their basements. We had members voting by proxy while they were on voca vacation abroad. With the 118th Congress, we are here to declare that those days are over. The House is getting back to work. We're ending remote voting and remote committee work in the House. That's going to restore greater transparency and accountability in the legislative process. I actually believe that when we restore in-person work as this was designed to be done, as the founders intended, as they drew it up, it's going to have an added benefit because it, I believe it will help us rebuild comity and, and foster more civility in the House. I'm not going to belabor this point, but I would just say at the, at the end of last year, Congress passed a 4,155-page bill. We spent $1.7 trillion on that Omni, and I think it was one of the worst government funding bills in the history of the Congress. Instead of individual bills to fund each federal agency one by one with a roll call vote and amendments and deliberation process, we didn't have any of that. We had all the agencies lumped together right before the end of the year deadline with dozens of unrelated policies attached to it. I mean, everything from electoral college changes to retirement changes, cosmetics regulation, health care policies, salmon fishing and horse racing regulations, all crammed in there together under the guise of a government funding bill. The process for passing this bill was almost as ugly as the substance. It was written behind closed doors, I mean literally behind closed doors by a handful of people. It was brought to the House for a vote before anybody could possibly read it, much less debate or amend it. Is there a single member, is there a single member of this body who thinks that's the way we should conduct the people's business? I don't think so. So this should go without saying, but we're going to fund each government agency and changes to those unregulated policies. We should do it in, in regular order. We should do it in the regular process. It should require uh, a full open debate in committee and on the floor with the opportunity to make amendments. Republicans are committed to do this. We're back in charge. And that status quo that we've had here where there's no transparency, no accountability, outright discard for regular order, those days are over. Campaign season is over. The House has elected our speaker, and now it's time to get to work. Welcome back to Training Tuesday on the Rob Manus Show here on the Red Voice Media Network, folks. You know, the Constitution never mentions political parties, but our current federal government is rife with partisanship, even in the unelected executive branch, and it's once bonded a political civil service. 
The House of Representatives was so partisan under the last speaker, Nancy Pelosi, that no objective observer could ever say she was speaker of the whole House, as all speakers before her at least tried to be. Our budgetary process has been a literal joke for decades. The tough questions asked in committee hearings about each piece of proposed legislation, especially the 12 budget bills that the House is supposed to consider and pass that produced common sense legislation as the constitutional designers intended, are only a distant memory for our America until now. You saw that with Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana, my friend, and one of the best, in my opinion. We have an opportunity to change under this new House of Representatives, not give in to the other side's crazy ideas, but return to what was intended by the framers of the Constitution. My guest today, and we're excited to have him on, is former Louisiana Congressman Bob Livingston. He was elected to the United States House in a special election in 1977, the first Republican to represent Louisiana's first congressional district in 102 years uh, and re-elected 11 uh, times. Uh, sir, welcome uh, to the Rob Mana Show. Uh, you know, you were the chairman of the House Appropriations Committee. You were the 106th Congress Speaker-designate, uh, I believe. So you've served at the pinnacle uh, of the House of Representatives, uh, uh, you know, and you, and you realized that that, uh, gosh, the speaker is the number three elected officer in the U.S. government, uh, you know, and uh, uh, I wanted to get you on to, to pick your brain. You wrote, you wrote an article in January about what Representative Johnson was talking about there, uh, and uh, uh, the first thing I, I want to give you a chance to tell us is how are they doing so far on regular order? Well, first of all, thank you, Colonel. Thank you for having me on, and thank you uh, for starting off with uh, Mike Johnson's absolutely splendid speech. He had a yeah. he 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 was just perfect. He's a really great member of the House of Representatives, and I'm proud that he's from Louisiana. Uh, and and thank you for your intro. You you, you uh, hit it on the nose, and I appreciate your introduction. Yes, uh, I think they're doing pretty good. Uh, you know, you've got your hardcore extremes on the left side, which control the Democrat Party. Uh, mm -hmm. And and you've got some pretty tough uh, uh, conservatives on the far right who uh, make life difficult for the Speaker of the House. But he is the Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy, uh, what did he take, 15 votes before he got finally elected as Speaker? <laughs> but I think he surprised everybody. I think he's really, really yeah. done a very, very good job. And I, I, you know, Steve Scalise has my old district. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I have to say, Steve is my friend, and I would love to have seen him uh, in Speaker, in the Speaker position uh, then, but uh, I, I think there may be a time for him in the future. Uh, and I'm yeah. his, I'm in his corner every time. But I've been very, very pleasantly surprised by Kevin McCarthy. He's kept it all together. He's kept the congeniality there. He reaches across the table uh, or the the aisle for uh, for his counterpart on the Democrat side, uh, and all of those things that Mike Johnson said should happen are really coming to pass under the leadership of, of uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the base was really frustrated to me among them uh, on the debt deal uh, bill, uh, uh, but 
before that, that 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 what we call the Cromnibus out here in the <laughs> in in base motor land, uh, you know, Mike referred to it, the four thousand page monstrosity uh, that they passed. It really took it really took the ability for regular order to try to to try to get get back inside on the tracks, you know, for a regular House of Representatives and Congress to, to function on the on the budget side uh, away for a little bit longer than most of us out here that voted for the Republican Congress wanted to do. Uh, but but they look like they're staying steady to me anyway. Now, I can't go dig into the to the to the uh, the minutes every day and check on them every single day because I'm, I'm covering a lot of different topics. But uh, but it appears that they're working towards those 12 to 13 appropriations bills that should be really, really hammered out in committee in a uh, in a in a team effort between the chair and the ranking member uh, of the committees. Like I saw when I was a young man, and I used to watch uh, this process happen uh, uh, when C-SPAN first came about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm only 61, so I was able to watch it, uh, the process as a young man. Uh, you lived it. Uh, really, you were part of the last bit of, of a Congress that actually was living in those days. And it was an impressive process to watch. Uh, are they, are they, what they appear, are they on track to uh, get these 12 or 13 appropriations bills through committee? Debated on the House floor with amendments and those kind of things. I, uh, I think uh, a big indicator is the NDAA bill for 2024. Uh, but quite honestly, I'm not sure. That's why one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on on Training Tuesday, uh, because you've served at the pinnacle of the House of Representatives, uh, so you fully uh, understand this process and what the framers intended too. Well, the framers uh, intend, and by the way, oh, to be 61 again. I think you're a youngster. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the Constitution uh, was created by some geniuses. They were just yeah. uh, fantastic. They were, they were schooled in, in, in Greek and Latin and, and, and uh, uh, history uh, throughout millennia, and they they – Picked out what would work versus what didn't, couldn't work, and has never worked before, and they put it all together in that fabulous document called our Constitution. The Constitution yeah. demands compromise. There is no my way or the highway. You can't have all Republican stuff, all conservative stuff. You can't have all Democrat stuff, uh, or else the country can't survive. Nancy right. Pelosi tried that. She 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 thought it was her. Uh, domain to just monitor uh, 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 to to run roughshod over the minority, and uh, that the majority would rule. And as long as she was in control, uh, uh, then it didn't matter what uh, what the, de the Republicans wanted. Uh, I, I, she was on my committee when I was chairman of the Pro Appropriations Committee, and if you'd have told me she would be speaker once, let alone twice, I would have laughed and laughed and laughed. She was far left. On the yeah. Democrat side, uh, so much so that the Democrats in my committee wouldn't vote for her because they thought she, at the time, they thought she was nuts. Then she, what happened was the aggregation of money in San Francisco and Sil Silicon Valley all rallied behind her. And then it, gradually the left-wing media all rallied behind yeah. her. And so she had 
total control and was absolutely uh, the determinative of anything that came out of the Congress. And as you saw, and as Mike uh, Johnson had, uh, appropriately described, these monster bills were coming out with yeah. spending trillions and trillions of dollars. Is it coming back? Yes, it's coming back. Uh, I was there in a time uh, when the Constitution was adhered to. And, and frankly, it was a much different time. And, and there wasn't as much animosity between the parties. And there, there were plenty of Democrats with whom I could get along great. And say everybody, yeah. but uh, probably uh, many, many of them, if not most of them. Uh, and you could reach across the aisle and you could work together on common bills. There's not much of that even today. There, it certainly wasn't any under the uh, dominion of uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, but yeah. uh, Kevin McCarthy's bringing it back. And uh, to your point on the NDA, yeah, yeah. Uh, the initial NDA has passed. The House is going to—I uh, think it's got to go to the Senate, and it's going to—it's it, it, going to pass. It has to pass to uh, yeah. uh, to pass for our defenses. Uh, so I understand the Senate's going to put a lot more money uh, in their bill than than the House has. Uh, so if that's true, then uh, we'll try to remedy uh, the, what, what we've done to our defenses over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, but we've got to build up because we've got tremendous threats out there. You got uh, Ukraine war going on. You've got uh, uh, the Biden administration's playing footsie with the Iranians still and wants to give them money. Yeah. Uh, that's astounding to me. Uh, you got Putin doing his awful stuff all around the world, and then uh, and the most important thing, she of uh, China, who is uh, literally exactly. playing playing in everyone's backyard. I mean, they, they even yeah. uh, dominate the – they control the Panama Canal. I mean, if they want yeah. to oh, yeah. close things down, they, we, we, we've got problems. But they've got problems, too. Uh, their command economy is not working. And uh, if we can just hold tight for a, a few years, I think China's on their way down, and we, we can be on our way back if we have a good 2024. Yeah, exactly right. And we're going to talk about all of those things uh, during the rest of the show. We've got to, unfortunately, since we're live now, we've got to do commercials. And uh, uh, we're coming up on our first commercial break, Bob. So uh, uh, I'm Rob Manus. We're talking to former congressman and once uh, the 106 Congress's speaker-designate uh, uh, and uh, chair of the Appropriations Committee, Intel Select Committee for six years. That's the total time you can do it. Bob Livingston right here training you on what to expect and what to demand really from the current congress we'll be right back we interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway don't be fooled it won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets dial 833 the number two usa gold yes call now 833-287-2465 this
IRS Invaluable Guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. careful about bringing any impeachment forward. Uh, but when the president made that phone call in terms of Ukraine, there was no choice. We had no choice. He must be impeached. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show, live here on the Red Voice Media Network. And by the way, we're up on the Roku channel now, and uh, expect us to go on other streaming channels like Apple TV and Samsung and uh, Amazon uh, Fire and those kind of places uh, here real soon. Uh, so you can find us and subscribe to us on Rumble at the Red Voice Media Network, uh, and uh, you'll get all of the shows that we put out 24-7 uh, every day. We're talking with former Louisiana Congressman Bob Livingston, uh, who has served at the pinnacle of the House of Representatives. Uh, uh, and uh, quite, quite honestly, I didn't get a chance to mention in the intro part, uh, I mean, you started as an enlisted Navy man uh, uh, somewhere around the year I was born, I think. I don't want to date you too bad, sir. But <laughs> 1961. But, uh, you know, anybody, I started out enlisted to in the Air Force uh, uh, and was fortunate enough to serve, serve a little over 30 years. And, uh, Mustang. So, it, yes, sir. Uh, it, but anybody that could start out as an enlisted guy or gal uh, and continue that service and continue to improve and increase that service as time goes on uh, deserves a lot of thanks from the American people. And I wanted to thank you for that. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, the clip right there, Nancy Pelosi, that's just a few days ago. That's new. That's why I wanted to show it to you. Uh, you know, we, we kind of touched on her a little bit in the first segment. But, gosh, you know, the speaker, you said it. I've said it. I hear people that understand how Congress is supposed to work. I've said it. The speaker is supposed to be the speaker of the whole House. Uh, we haven't seen that in a long time. But, uh, uh, and I can't quote your article because I don't have it here in front of me, front of me but uh, I think you said something like Pelosi made an art form out of uh, being a partisan speaker and not being speaker of the whole house, you know, by tearing up the State of the Union speech live behind the president. Uh, uh, I mean, those, those are things that uh, when we look at the design of the house and what was intended uh, to where common sense would lead to a compromise that would lead to good legislation that served the American people. Uh, uh, I mean, that's it in a nutshell, if I understand it correctly. Uh, but how do we compromise with people like this that want to mutilate our babies uh, and put it by policy? You know, I mean, that's the that's that's the that's the big extreme nugget right there that a lot of people that aren't involved in politics or the government see going on and and they go wow how can we even how can these people be dealt with at all they hate america and they, they even hate our kids well thank you first for your service uh, over the years uh, as well and uh, you've you've touched on something that has been 
a pain in my side for a very long time. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was a very, on personally, was a very nice person a long time ago when she served on my committee, but she was a left-wing ideologue. And uh, I had no idea how bad she could be, but I, as the years rolled along after she served two terms in the, as Speaker, uh, it, it became quite clear that she didn't really care about the Constitution. She only wanted to work uh, with the left-wing ideologues and impose her will uh, over that of the minority, the tyranny of the majority, so to speak. But the mm -hmm. day the day that she, as you've pointed out, tore up that speech of the President of the United States, it's a State of the Union speech, and he, he by custom, turns around and hands his speech uh, to the Speaker of the House, and she methodically just stood there with a big smile on her face and ripped that thing up. She ripped off any respect that I could ever have for her then or ever since. She is a nut. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, she, and I know we're going all over the place, but she, she just destroyed her credibility as speaker. And her comment the other day uh, that I had not seen about how the reasons that they had to impeach the president of the United States for the second time because of a phone call he made to another power yeah. is insane. I mean, I literally think that she's off a rocker. And I'm sorry, I, she's uh, uh, she's lost my respect. When she tore that speech up, I, I just absolutely uh, said she should, should not be Speaker of the House. And I'm delighted uh, as I can be that she's no longer Speaker of the House. And I am glad that uh, Kevin McCarthy has taken over, and he's working with his counterpart. He's his Republicans are now beginning to reach over and 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 yeah. uh, deal with the minority. As now, you, you've touched on a very significant issue: the abortion issue. Look, uh, there, there's no far right, uh, far left uh, uh, way of coming together. Either, either you believe that it's the taking of innocent life, or you don't. Uh, yeah. In fact. Uh, and and the left's position of of taking it not only for short term abortions for uh, the health of the mother or the uh, or, or various uh, other reasons that they might uh, think are important in the first few weeks, they've they've taken it all the way to uh, birth. And uh, yeah. that governor of Virginia actually said after uh, the after birth of the child. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, you know, and uh, Pelosi's behavior, uh, you know, when you combine it with those types of, of, of attempts to put that kind of stuff in policy, you know, it just makes it that much harder to return to to work the Congress the way it was supposed, it's designed to be worked. Uh, you know, it's kind of tough to be collegial with a person like her or or uh, anybody, quite honestly, even the current minority leader uh, has said some things where I just think about them and I go, wow, what, what are you guys thinking? You know, if you've ever watched any of these weaponization committee uh, uh, hearings and seen the ranking member Plaskett uh, talk uh, uh, and all of those Democrats on there, I mean, there's just no... There, 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 there's no reason and there's no reasonableness 
coming from Every, the left anymore. What's going on? Well, Abraham Lincoln said you can fool some of the people all the time, all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all the time. And uh, and, and it's it's been a, a trite slogan for, that I have believed all my life, and that is that the pendulum swings both ways. Mm-hmm. It has swung too far to the left, and those people that you've talked about uh, and the people that, frankly, control the Democrat Party uh, have, have gone off the edge. And when, they, when you get uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and, and that uh, the other organization uh, uh, burning down buildings uh, and uh, uh, post offices and federal po- th- uh, 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 buildings and, and then taking on the police and injuring the police on part term and then and then defunding the police, uh, that's that's not uh, tenable for any civilization, let alone the United States of America. And okay, yeah. they can they can say that, that January six was a bad thing. I think that they've been incredibly excessive over uh, penalizing uh, uh, some of the people that were just walking around. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, still, in all, they have been totally not only lenient; they haven't uh, taken any action against these people that have been uh, anarchists uh, throughout our country over the last few years. And then you got the, the DAs and the, and the judges that are being uh, bought and paid for by the likes of George Soros. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so that uh, the very, very guilty and horribly uh, uh, violent people are going out on the street uh, over, after overnight in jail if they spend that long. Uh, no, we've got to correct yeah. it. And that pendulum's got to come back. And it will come back, but we need a successful 2024 election. Well, it always has in my in my uh, lifetime and experience, and in yours too. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, sir, there are a lot of people, just average everyday citizens. Uh, when I go home to my hometown, to my wife's hometown, uh, and just in, in you know just uh, table talk and everything, uh, folks are really afraid. Uh, that the pen- pendulum may never come back, uh, and uh, it's a uh, uh, it's tough. So, so you. Well, we've I, had uh, we've had uh, we've had a civil you, war. About uh, yeah. uh, we've had yeah. we've had a civil war in this country. Uh, Six hundred thousand people were killed uh, uh, to to reunify the country, uh, and and we came back from that. We've had World War One, World War Two. We've got had Vietnam. We've got, God knows we've had bad days in the past. Yes. Uh, yes, and we've we got bad days right now. And I, but I believe in the Constitution, and I believe in the American people, and I absolutely believe that we're going to be coming back soon. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I agree with you. Uh, that's what I tell people. Hey, we went through a civil war. Six hundred thousand plus Americans died. Uh, when you look at the total on that, uh, and we recovered from that. It took a long time. Uh, it still is. There's uh, some things going on, on that, and we'll talk about that in the last segment, uh, a little bit about, about some ideas to address some of that uh, in the last segment here. But, uh, you know, uh, when we talk about uh, compromise, uh, the dirty word that somebody that's out on the campaign trail and uh, here in Mississippi, it's campaign season, just like it is in Louisiana right now for state and local elections, uh, you know, uh, the word bipartisan is a dirty word uh, to a candidate. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a death sentence to a candidate to try to run on that. Uh, from what I've seen, you never hear them talk about uh, that at all anymore. And 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 we used to 
talk about those things, you know, because, I mean, we, uh, look, I debated Mary Landrew one-on-one, you know, I mean, we don't, uh, uh, we don't, we don't walk away from each other because we're Americans and we shouldn't walk away from each other. Uh, but, uh, but that's quite a challenge uh, when the voters are rejecting the compromise that's supposed to be needed to successfully run the country. How do we, well, how do we overcome that? Yeah, oh, you've got to have compromise sooner or later. That's what the Constitution yeah. envisions, and 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 you got to do it. But uh, and and again, one party can't just impose its will on the other. Uh, yeah. it, it's going to come back. Uh, but uh, it, it hardened, began to harden. I think probably when we Republicans took control of the House of Representatives in in 1995. <laughs> uh, in, 19, uh, 90, in the elections of 94, I guess. Uh, and uh, Mr. Gingrich was a speaker, right? Yeah, Newt Gingrich, yeah. my friend, Newt Gingrich became speaker, and he was the revolutionary, and he shook it up, and and when and he he laid the plan out along with Dick Army and a few others of us, uh, and uh, we gradually uh, came up with a plan, uh, the uh, with the contract with America and convince people that 40 years of Democrat control of the House of Representatives uh, was too long. And they gave yeah. us the majority, and we've had the majority off and on ever, ever since. And we've, we've got it now in the House. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, th I think that that's a sign of, uh, of, of that the Constitution is working. And, uh, yeah, it's hard. Democrats have never forgiven us for taking over <laughs> I mean, yeah. and and so <laughs> they've gotten more and more entrenched in their vituperation, uh, as witnessed by those two impeachments of President Trump, neither of which were worth a damn. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, uh, they they impeached this poor guy. I mean, just think of all the good that he could have done if he hadn't been uh, putting up with all that stuff over the years. And it was all worthless. Every bit of I, it was worthless. I know. Now, that's, why now, I'm, that's, why, that's why I'm supporting him in the 2024 primary. I've already declared myself uh, uh, because uh, I saw I saw what he did and what he, what the possibilities were. Well, sir, we got to take another commercial break here. We'll be right back. When we come back, though, uh, I'm going to show a little clip uh, about uh, from Mr. Biden and the Ukraine issue, uh, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, where that should be going or not. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network. We'll be right back. assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war. 
and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. <clears throat> it's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. Welcome back to Training Tuesday on the Rob Bainer Show live on the Red Voice Media Network. We're talking with former Louisiana Congressman Bob Livingston. Uh, and, sir, uh, you know, that, that's just a, a little tidbit uh, about the, the uh, you know, billion dollars, I guess, that we're uh, about uh, and have spent a large portion of it uh, now in Ukraine. Uh, uh, look, I think the American people uh, kind of, uh, in a way, support the Ukrainians' right to defend themselves, et cetera, those kind of things. But when he's saying that, uh, you see what's going on in the country with, uh, they just did another interest rate hike uh, less than 48 hours ago, quarter of a point, I believe. Uh, you know, the inflation is still out of control. I don't care what the propagandists from the government are saying, uh, the inflation is still climbing. Uh, that's the biggest indicator of that is that, uh, that uh, rate hike uh, and everything. And, and uh, a lot of the American people, I would say probably more than half are living more than paycheck to paycheck and are having to go into uh, uh, things like home equity loans. Uh, I saw a statistic just the other day that there's a rise uh, in the applications for home equity loans uh, and that kind of credit. Uh, as folks are really faced with doing this. And then we hear our president uh, on top of the questionable piece of how much support we give to Ukraine and whether we are, we are in an escalatory march to uh, potentially to World War III and the risks, so the, more, mainly the risks associated with that. How does the Congress uh, supposed to affect that policy uh, through its deliberations and passing things like the National Defense Authorization Act of 2024, uh, uh, because Congress is supposed to set the policy for national defense. That's in the Constitution of the United States. Yeah, so. but Congress is also in charge of the purse. The Constitution right. says the power of the purse lies in the Congress. And mm -hmm. frankly, Congress has been acting like a rubber stamp for both Republicans and Democrats uh, across the board. And we now have a $32 trillion deficit. Uh, excuse me. Debt. I, I don't want to confuse the word deficit versus yeah. debt. We have a $32 trillion debt, yeah. and uh, Joe Biden gets on the on the uh, television saying how he cut the deficit this year. Yeah, because he put so much money onto the debt uh, <laughs> in the last two years that uh, it's gone. It's skyrocketed. When I left office in 1999. The aggregate debt for the entire country and the history of the country was $5 trillion. Uh, then in 2001, we had obviously the 9-11, uh, uh, mm -hmm. and, and then we went to war in Iraq, and we went to war in uh, uh, Afghanistan, and you can question on whether or not uh, uh, those were warranted or not, but we did it. And we spent uh, tr uh, billions, if not trillions of dollars on on that. And then Obama came in and he, he just unleashed all of the money for uh, all of his social uh, endeavors. And uh, uh, so one thing uh, led to another, but 
uh, we've gone from $5 trillion to $32 trillion in the space of what, 25 years? And, yes. uh, and that's, it's just astronomical. And so Biden hasn't done anything about it. When he came in, inflation was running at one and a half to 2%. Uh, it's running now well over 4%. And he keeps, and it's coming down a little bit, but it was higher uh, just about a year ago. Uh, but that doesn't mean anything because the price of gasoline, of food, of housing, of everything else that you need, and particularly for the poor people in the middle class, those costs are going up. And they they yes. and where do they get it? And so many people now are putting on the credit card. But mm -hmm. I don't want to confuse the domestic situation with the, the international situation. Because in fact, Rob, uh, as you know, I mean, we got a lot of threats out there. And yes. our biggest threat is China. And we've got them looking at Taiwan and we got all of, all of the chi computer chips and whatnot are made in China, Taiwan. We've had a very vested interest in keeping Taiwan independent from China uh, since mm -hmm. uh, the 1940s. Uh, and the Soviet Union dissolved uh, after we broke them, uh, and that was primarily yeah. because of Ronald Reagan. Uh, and it happened on George Bush's watch, but it was really because of Reagan policies. Uh, and we believed in peace through strength. Well, you can't have strength if you don't pay for defense. And going to your point about the NDA, if, yeah. if, if, you, don't have, if you don't pay for defense, you're likely not going to have peace because our enemies are going to be stronger than we are. Now, our first, our biggest enemy these days, our biggest adversary, I should say, is China. Our second biggest adversary is the the former Soviet Union, and now headed by the, it's a country called Russia, headed by a guy named Putin. And if he he unilaterally invaded Ukraine, we, told, we told the Ukrainians to give up your nukes 25 years ago when the, yeah. when the, uh, uh, Soviet Union was collapsing. We said, give up your nukes and we'll prote protect you. We have kind of a, we, they're not in NATO, but we have kind of an obligation to help them. Now, they have not asked for a single U.S. soldier. There may be some advisors in there, but by and large, they're fighting their own war, and it's a tough war. And uh, yeah. But I think, I think it's incumbent on the Western world to stand up to Putin and say, you can't keep doing it. He did it a few years ago in 2014 in Georgia. Uh, he, he's done it uh, he in the country of Georgia, not the state yeah. of Georgia. Yeah. Uh, he, he's done, he's done, he did it in uh, Crimea. Excuse me, 2008 uh, was Georgia. Uh, Crimea was 2014. And now uh, Ukraine is uh, again. Crimea was Ukrainian territory. They'd like to have it back. I don't know whether it's ever going to work out that way. But uh, he then when he came in and Joe Biden said, well, if he goes in, it'll just be a minor incursion. Give me a hmm. break. That was a green light. Putin didn't go into any country during uh, uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump's uh, uh, tenure. Not no, he, he wouldn't. Ha he wouldn't have this time if, if Donald Trump no. had been president. He wouldn't, and and he did it under Obama. He did it under Bush, uh, but he didn't under under Trump. But as soon as P P uh, Biden says, 
Well, it'll only be a minor incursion. It's not a minor incursion. He wa he wanted yeah. to take over all of Ukraine, but but because the Ukrainians stood up and we gave him the supplies, he hadn't been able to do that. If he takes Ukraine, good luck to Moldova, or Romania, uh, Poland. Uh, good luck to the Baltics uh, up there, the, uh, Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania. Uh, let me tell you, this man is evil. I don't think he's going to last. I think he's probably going to be off the scene within a year. But you still got the quote-unquote evil empire uh, uh, in Russia because the, probably the bad guys are just going to replace him if, he, if he's departed. Uh, well, so I think, I, I think we got to stand up to him. That's my bottom line. I don't. I don't mind to stand it up to him. My concern is China. Uh, you know, we we have neglected our Pacific uh, uh, fleet. Uh, we've neglected our Navy uh, altogether. China's combat fleet is now larger than the U.S. Navy uh, in the world. Uh, now we still have them in things like submarines uh, uh, and those kind of things. And uh, uh, but uh, uh, but this just you know this thing with uh, Ukraine. I, I think Russia's probably. Uh, where they're going to be as far as like occupied territory and those kind of things. I don't think he's he's going to be able to take all of Ukraine, to be honest with you, sir. Uh, but right now uh, is the time for some statesmen to emerge and, and say, okay, let's get everybody to the table and stop the killing so we're not so distracted by that and we can put our focus where we should be, which is building back up so that we are a deterrent force. Peace through strength is what was successful in my military career. You mentioned it just a minute ago. Uh, and, uh, and deterrence failed in the Ukraine. Uh, but we really didn't have a good policy of deterrence. We weren't really intent. You know, we weren't focused on Russia like we were the Soviet Union. Uh, you know that. Uh, uh, and uh, all of this continued focus in that direction is taking our focus off of China and the military is infested with cultural Marxists right now, including the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I don't know if you saw any of his his uh, committee uh, uh, confirmation hearing, but it, and I hate to say it because he's Air Force General Brown, and I know him, I met him when I was a major and he was a colonel, good fighter pilot, you know, respected guy, but he's bought into this stuff. Uh, and a lot of his subordinates have bought into this stuff. I mean, he actually signed a memo with the Secretary of Air Force that said there were 5,400 too many white male pilots in the Air Force. Uh, well, uh, you know, white males died at the rate of 83 to 84% in Iraq and Afghanistan, if you look at the killed in action for that. that's what, and, we're, and our recruiting's down. Uh, and uh, I just hope that Congress uh, uh, continues to do what they're doing. I've been impressed so far. That's why I keep bringing up the NDAA. Uh, and, uh, and the amendments that they passed in the House now sets up a, a it'll, it'll be a conference, won't it? After the Senate passes their bill, they'll come yeah. to a conference point. Uh, and if the, if the right amendments will stay in place, we can address this wokeness, uh, this cultural Marxist stuff. Uh, and at the same time, get a focus off of things like climate change, uh, that kind of stuff, because uh, that wastes a lot of money. That wastes billions of dollars in the defense budget. I want the defense budget to go to, to deterring and then fighting and winning the war if we have to do that, no matter who the enemy is. Uh, uh, and I think, that, I think the money's there. 
and I think that if we get our priorities right, uh, we'll be in good shape going into the next 10 years and having to face China down. Well, Rob, you're not getting any argument from me about any of that stuff. I, I totally uh, uh, agree. I, I think uh, this wokeness uh, is, is a problem so severe. Uh, what did they call it? DIE, uh, uh, diversity, DEI. inclusion, DEI, uh, uh, diversity, no. inclusion, and equity. Um, this stuff uh, is riddled throughout the leadership of the military. And where's the, where, yeah. uh, where is that coming from? Well, it's coming from uh, General Milley, who was the chair, chairman yeah. of the G He's been denying it every time he gets to Congress. said, I don't know anything about that. But it's happening, and it's happening under his watch, and uh, and it's happening under the watch of the Secretary yeah. of Defense, and it's happening it under is. President Biden, and they're the ones responsible. So uh, until they are removed, and all of these political generals and admirals and uh, and and that character who's a who calls him or herself an admiral, uh, uh, those kinds of people have to be removed. And, yeah. and just from office, they, they, they have not served their country. They have not served, uh, the, uh, adhered to the oath that they took to uh, defend the United States. And yes, under all that stuff, uh, frankly, it's a situation where uh, people who's, who's uh, served in the military and their fathers and their grandfathers and the, and, and the forefathers have all served in the military and have been proud to, they're not recommending to their kids that they serve in the military. Uh, no, so I've stopped recruiting myself out of my family. Uh, there you go. And that, that, that's the point. I, uh, kids today look at that, uh, at the prospects of, uh, these requirements for, uh, wokeness and say, well, I don't really need that. And, and yeah. that's a terrible thing because it's been an honor, uh, to serve in the military for, for uh, since this country began, and uh, yeah. and we have a lot of great heroes who've, who've given their lives for it. But they didn't give their lives for DEI. That's true, sir. Well, I've got to take my last commercial break. When we come back, though, I'm going to show a little clip, uh, folks. And I'll warn you: some of you may be upset by this clip, but what I'm trying to show is the extremes on each side of the debate about Confederate. Uh, statues and that kind of uh, issue because uh, Congressman Livingston's got some proposals specifically about New Orleans Lee Circle. Uh, he's from New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is like my second hometown uh, to me. I love the city very much. Uh, and uh, we want to, the people of New Orleans to uh, be together on things instead of divided. Uh, when we get back, we'll see that clip. Uh, just be forewarned. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network. We'll be right back. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole 
to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. to the Rob Manus Show on the Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth, and you can make up your own mind. We're talking with uh, former Louisiana congressman and New Orleans uh, uh, citizen, uh, Bob Livingston. Uh, and, uh, sir, I wanted to show that clip for two reasons. One, uh, it strikes me as a good visual example of how uh, we can't let the extremes control the debate over things like the Civil War, Confederate monuments, and those kind of things. And the other thing that it shows, I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but there were there were men and women on both sides that were reasonable that kept the extreme sides from hurting each other uh, in that crowd. Uh, and uh, uh, so that's why I wanted to show that as we lead into this, because it's my understanding you have a proposal uh, for uh, something to go to Lee Circle to replace that General Lee statue that was removed. Yeah, uh, and I wasn't in those uh, those uh, rallies. Uh, and uh, that clip is really about the first one time I've seen it. Uh, it it's sad. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly would not have uh, uh, taken down the statute. I think uh, uh, Mayor Landrieu was wrong. I mean, it is the history of the country. Mm -hmm. But in the last year, 
I go by Lee Circle all the time. It's now called Harmony Circle. Uh, and I had nothing to do with that. Uh, but I drive around it and I look up at that pedestal, that empty pedestal sitting up there like a magnificent phallic symbol, right. uh, a, a symbol of nothing, a symbol of, of no hope, of no history, of no future, uh, of, of just a, a, an embarrassment, a blight on the city of New Orleans. And so I, I woke up one morning in February and, and, and thought to myself, what would I put up there to try to set, make an example uh, that we are a city for the future? And I came up with an idea. I wrote a column, and not everybody agrees with me. A lot of people don't, and a lot of people want to continue to fight the war. Oh, we shouldn't have taken down the his, the statues, or uh, or I want to, I want a picture, uh, I want a statue of one uh, specific person uh, up there, black or white, uh, to rep replace the thing. And I, yeah. I decided, well, you can't have one person. You can't if you put. A, a white person, the African American community, which is sixty percent of the of the city of New Orleans, yep. they're not gonna want any damn white person up there. And if you put a black person, just a person who has played a role in the history of of, of the the city, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those people that were yelling, screaming, carrying the Confederate flags, they're not gonna want that either. And they right. may not like my idea. But my idea is to be generic, if, to show that we've had, made mistakes in the past. Do you know that New Orleans at one time in the 18, early 1800s uh, was the largest slave trading city in the country? Yes, I'm aware of that. Uh, and, uh, and, and then when the Civil War came up, Admiral uh, Farragut sailed up the Mississippi River and 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 passed a few couple of uh, Confederate forts, took the city of New Orleans, and and General Butler put the city of New Orleans under federal control. So New Orleans wasn't involved in the Civil War to any significant degree. It was a federal mm -hmm. city, right? Uh, and and then we went through the Civil Rights era, and uh, and and New Orleans played a big role in in some of the civil rights activity. Uh, some of the main institutions uh, in, in, among black folks were uh, uh, right here in this city. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have a lot of uh, civil rights violence, but uh, we, we played a, a more positive role in, in bringing about peace uh, uh, between the races. But the, the, uh, there were a lot of ethnic divisions uh, even through that era. And then we got hit by Katrina. And Katrina just devastated the city, and the people were poor, and and uh, the people that were hit the worst, and not only the people, who, mm -hmm. but but uh, with a sixty percent African American uh, community, uh, you had to, a, a yeah. big portion of them were hit. So I decided that you'd have one generic person up there, and not no name, basically a one a person that would look like a former slave, a woman, a young woman young African-American woman in, dressed in a smock with her right hand raised with a thick book, a thick book signifying a Bible and education. And then yeah. in, in the other hand, her left hand trailing behind her legs, 
as she's uh, and holding broken chains, signifying that that's, we're putting that past behind us. We don't, we're not a slave area anymore. We had slaves, we, but we have to recognize that we had them and the yeah. chains are broken and we're just leaving, letting them drag behind us. But we're putting education and religion up in front of us. And then we're just putting these uh, this young woman up there running, running towards freedom, running towards education, running towards liberty and uh, uh, faith. And without That's faith, the, without yeah. freedom, uh, with, without education, we can't move forward. And my thought is that's a symbol for all of the people in New Orleans to say, let's get together, put the mistakes of the past together behind us, and and let's have something we can be proud of. That was my idea. It may go nowhere, but I put it in the paper. I got it in Picayune. I got it in The Advocate. I got it in the Louisiana Weekly. Uh, and I got it in the... Uh, uh, New Orleans Tribune, both of those last two being African-American papers. And uh, I've had got... no true negative comment. No, so that's what I was going to ask you. What's, uh, what's the feedback been? Because that's that's actually a that's a really good idea. You know, uh, uh, I, I personally, uh, I have uh, uh, I wasn't happy that they took General Lee down just like you. Uh, uh, but I, I understand it. Uh, I have a lot harder time understanding why they want to take this memorial in Arlington Cemetery down. The naming commission does, uh, uh, and I'm I'm a part of a group called Defend Arlington that's fighting that. Hopefully, we can get some big some big guns behind us to help that. We almost got an amendment in the NDAA to stop them because they're supposed to leave cemeteries alone for God's sake, uh, you know. But but that's a really good idea. Uh, the uh, you know. I wonder why people are upset, though, with the Lincoln Monument. There's one, there's two identical ones, one in Washington and I think one in Boston, where, where uh, you know, he's he's helping the slave child up, uh, and it's supposed to symbolize that breaking the chains and ending slavery and all that. Uh, uh, I just say, General Honore said a long time ago, you can't fix stupid. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Lincoln emancipated <laughs> the slaves. Anybody wants to take that, that statue down, the... that's just plain stupid. <laughs> I've heard him say that many times in the Pentagon when I was a major and he was a uh, two-star. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You can't fix stupid. Well, I think it's a good idea. I look forward to uh, the debate and probable, pro I will say it, probable approval because uh, that is uh, something that can represent uh, uh, the future of prosperity and freedom, uh, you know. Uh, faith and, uh, faith and, and education yeah. and freedom. And without those, we aren't anywhere. And we've got to be right. proud of our city. And it seems to me that let's use that pedestal and let's put yeah. that young woman up there and we can all be proud of her. We don't, it doesn't matter if we're white, black, or, uh, yeah. or, or Asian. It doesn't matter. Uh, we can be proud of her because she's throwing the chains behind her. Yep. Well, sir, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope you'll come back at some point uh, uh, when, uh, when there's something big we need to get you to uh, uh, expound on or to talk about the approval of this statue or maybe even the, uh, the uh, installation of it uh, and those kind of things. Uh, it's been a great uh, show, and I really, really do appreciate your, uh, your time. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate you having me, and you can tell I'm not too shy about talking. 
<laughs> I love it. Uh, neither am I. Neither am I. God bless you. And uh, folks, uh, that's a former congressman uh, from Louisiana, Bob Livingston, uh, who's uh, gave us an hour of his time. Uh, uh, go, go research his idea on the Lee Circle statue idea. Uh, it sounds like a good idea to me. I'd be interested to know uh, what all the feedback is myself. Uh, it sounds like it's been pretty positive. Uh, but we've got to address these things. And, uh, until tomorrow on Whistleblower Wednesday, when we're going to talk about Sequoia Capital and why the Select Committee on the CCP is not investigating it. I'm Rob Manus. <laughs>